I am Katie Tremonti, and this is the Original Design Restored podcast. Today, we are taking a look at the gospel story. The reason for that is the gospel story, the gospel arc, that framework is foundational to what we at Original Design Restored really are hoping to facilitate. The gospel itself is the place where really the foundation of transformation. It's where transformation, true life change occurs. And so when we hold an ODR intensive, those are those three-day intensives with a group of women where you process your story, you do exercises together to really gain tools for transformation. We also take an in-depth look at the gospel arc because it really creates the framework for how transformation happens. And so for this podcast, I want to take time to develop the gospel arc so that we have that same foundational framework laid for the future episodes that we'll be going into regarding transformation. So at an Original Design Restored Intensive, we walk through a gospel arc that really takes us from creation through the fall, through redemption, and into restoration. And that gospel arc is just a way to understand the gospel that really paints a full picture of not only the gospel as the big story of all time, but also how the gospel can interact with my life in an everyday way. And I first got this framework at a marriage retreat. My husband and I were leading a marriage retreat, and I remember him teaching this framework, and I was mind blown because it made so much sense all of a sudden. Not only just the big overarching story of the gospel, which I had heard in many different ways many times over my life, but also how it applies to my own life over and over and over again. So it's really, really profound, really foundational, and really easy to visualize or see. I got this framework from him, and then he got this framework from a teaching he heard from Jeff Vanderstelt. So this is not original with me. It's not original with my husband. This actually originates with Jeff Vanderstelt, and it's just a really simple framework to understanding the gospel. Before we even get further into the gospel, two things I want to kind of break down The reason we take this expanded look at the gospel is I think too often the gospel can become this simple concept that is about crossing a line or a moment of conversion when it's really this massive story that's meant to interact with our lives over and over and over again. So rather than have this understanding of the gospel as I think for me, it often looked like at the end of a church service you get the opportunity to ask Jesus in your heart. And that was kind of the gospel. And that is really actually one part of the gospel. And there is this broad picture of what else is happening before and after that moment. So we want to expand the gospel arc to really make sense of it in a much broader way. And then we also are going into the gospel one piece at a time. We will be going into this episode today over creation, and then we'll go next episode into the fall, and the next episode into redemption, and then the next episode into restoration. And I'm actually going to be releasing all four of these episodes at the same time so that you can choose to listen through all four if you want to at the same time or in peace as you choose. This arc is so significant because it is where we see the power of God interacting with humanity. And we actually start this arc at creation, not at the fall, because creation is really the beginning. I do think sometimes we can get this idea that the gospel story really begins with the fall of humanity, and then you need a rescuer when the gospel arc starts prior to the fall. And I think it's significant to know that the gospel story starts prior to the fall, 
Because when we start with creation, we understand where we get this sense of wanting something more. And I'll break this down a little more in depth now and then in future episodes. So for today, we're going to just sit in creation. We are going to start in creation because really that's where the gospel starts. I think also as we go into this gospel framework, I want to invite every person listening, take a mental, emotional, spiritual pause to look at this in a fresh way. So no matter how many times you have heard the gospel story, whether it's been zero times or 500 times, I want to invite you to engage this with a fresh perspective. I want to invite you to engage this material in a way where the Holy Spirit can bring insight and understanding in a new way to your soul as you're going through this gospel arc. I think whatever your religious experience, I would ask you to lift off preconceived ideas about the gospel or even pressures you may have experienced in the past and really enter into this gospel arc, the story that it is, and also the invitation it is for your own life and how it could impact and shape and bring the power of God into the process of transformation and change and healing and wholeness in your life. So here we go into creation. When I am looking at creation, I am primarily looking at Genesis 1 and 2. And so I spent time in Genesis 1 and 2 reflecting on what's happening and what it feels like in creation. And I have the benefit of having walked through this framework with many different people in many different settings. So I've actually gotten to hear so many different voices on what they see so many people sharing their insights on what they see. Many of these observations are not my own. I've picked them up along the way as I've gotten to have this conversation over and over again with others. So when I'm sitting in creation, what I see happening is God is creating. God is incredibly creative and he's creating out of nothing. So his creativity is beyond anything I can fathom. My creativity, when I'm like creating in my home, creating with my kids, I'm using materials that already exist. I'm creating out of the well of what I know so far, my creativity is so minimal compared to what God did at creation. At creation, God created everything out of nothing, this whole world, the universe out of nothing. Not even just the out of nothing part, but the massive amount of imagination that came into play to make this world exist. So he's creating animals that fly, animals that swim, animals that walk. He's creating day and night, land and sea, He is creating color. I mean, everything is just bursting forth. He's creating and he's calling it good. So as he's creating, he's saying this is good. And at the end of creating, he also creates humans. And he creates humans in the image of God. He gives them breath. Humanity has a unique place, a special place in the created world. Not only do they have a special place, but as I was sharing with my husband, as we, were t- we talked through this whole story this week, he was expressing how significant it is that humanity had a special place. They were created uniquely in the image of God, but they also existed at this moment in the gospel story at ease in the presence of God. So when we are reading the gospel, this part of the gospel in Genesis 1 and 2, I'm watching God and humanity interact just as normal as if I was having a conversation with you over coffee. They are talking to one another. They are in each other's presence. And there is an ease about it 
that honestly, I think in the world we live in now can seem disconnected and unfamiliar. What does it mean to just exist in the presence of God and be at ease and just talk with him? And that is what was happening at creation. We see humanity being created specially. We see them being at ease in the presence of God and the presence of God being real and normal and interaction between God and humanity being normal and real and at ease. And then in the midst of all of this creativity, so massive creativity, God is also setting up order and rhythm and boundaries and parameters. And I think that is such a fascinating combination of beauty and creativity, majesty, animals and oceans and earth and sky and sea. So much is happening. And then God is within that really massive creative world. God is creating order and rhythm. He's creating day and night. He creates seasons to happen. He puts parameters in place, and he even creates a work-rest rhythm. So it wasn't even part of the fall that you needed rest from work. God created this rhythm of work and rest, day and night, seasons that would come and go. So there's this beautiful, I mean, artwork of creation, the, the whole world, and there's a rhythm about it that God is setting in place at creation. We see relationships, both the relationship between humanity and God, and then the relationship between humans, the man and the woman, we see those relationships at ease and at peace. And even significant is the marriage relationship between the man and the woman. So the man and the woman are there, and there is unity between them at the creation part of this story. In that unity... There's also shared purpose and calling. So when God really commissions them, he's commissioning both the man and the woman to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. So he's basically saying, go out and create more. He says to multiply, be fruitful and multiply. He's really commissioning them for further creativity and a position of really being empowered to shape the world that they are existing in. And he's giving that calling and purpose to both the man and the woman, and they're sharing that purpose together. So this marriage relationship has unity and shared purpose. And I think it's significant to look at this creation moment in the story in the gospel arc and see what was really there because there was creativity and there was the commissioning for further creativity and shaping how things would be. And there was also, in conjunction with that, order and rhythm and parameters. And then there was unity and peace and ease in relationships. And it gives us a picture of how everything was meant to exist. And how this impacts our lives currently is we see echoes of creation all the time. The world does not exist in that peaceful ease and order with just peaceful relating and rhythms and beauty all the time. But we see echoes of that when we experience peace, when we experience beauty and goodness. When we look at natural creation, trees, sunsets, ocean, and we're in awe of their beauty. When we notice beauty and good in others or in ourselves, we're seeing echoes of the creation part of the story. It's evidence of there is something more than the pain, brokenness, and dysfunction of the world that we really live in now, which is really the fall reality. And we'll get into that in the next episode. 
but we can look around even in this broken world and see echoes of creation. So we begin at creation because that is where the story begins. It's the piece of this story that calls out to us that there is something more than the pain and the brokenness and the difficulty of the earth that we exist in now. There are echoes of this creation and this connection with God and this peace with others and the beauty and goodness and rhythmic nature of the creation part of this story. So we sit in that for a minute. When I sit in that place, I feel joy bursting forth. I feel peace and ease. It's a powerful place to sit. And so I would invite you in a moment, a spoken word poem will come on and it has music behind it and it's about three minutes long. Each of these episodes will end with a spoken word poem. My husband is a spoken word poet and has created the gospel story in that format. So we'll end each of these episodes, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, with his poem so that you have a space to sit and reflect on that part of the gospel. So today, in a moment, the creation song will begin playing and you'll hear poetry depicting creation. And I'd invite you to just interact with God and really feel what is happening in that moment of the gospel. Every beginning has a beginning and every beginning but this one came after an ending. But this first beginning came after the unending one. You see, it wasn't from nothing that everything came but a loving creator who has a name. He's an artist. A musician of some fame began the song of time with the big bang. Now it might have begun with a gentle hum, but I imagine it was more like the boom of a bass drum. God, he carves the edges of the mountains, draws the borders of the seas, sculpts heaven and earth, paints colors on the leaves of trees. Can you see? His art is all around us, even in the air we breathe. Molecules of oxygen, invisible in space, enter the lungs and find their place. God, the very architect of time, author of rhyme and artist behind every single design. Fashioned the landscape of the human mind and formed the human soul so it could find him. He who has no start and no finish, fills all space and time without limits, God. Existing in perfect communion, Father, Son, and Spirit, like a three-part band playing the music of heaven, but no human could hear it. Now, if you disagree with the three-in-one, I won't fuss. But when God started creating, he said, let us. Let us make man in our image. So he brought together some dust and breathed into it life. Saw man wasn't good alone, so he fashioned him a wife. Put him to sleep, took a rib from his side, healed up the wound and presented Adam his bride. She was taken from him, yes. But he had no sense of depletion. Instead, when he looked at her, all he could feel was completion. And God called it good. Things were as they should be. Be fruitful and multiply was the decree. The earth was theirs to do as they pleased. The only exception was one single tree. So there was Adam and Eve and the Holy Trinity. God walking among them, perfect father, divinity. Naked and unashamed, only time they knew was infinity. Naked and unashamed, only time they knew was infinity.